Jazzcast Pros. How do you feel when you go to sit down to do sales activities for the day? Does your finger hover over that send button for just a little too long as you're rethinking it? Do you struggle with how much to follow up? How much is too much follow up? Is it time to follow up? Well, if you ask yourself any of those questions, then this is the episode for you. What I'm going to go through today is three questions you should ask yourself if you feel like you're being too salesy. And then I have a handful of tips afterwards that I'm going to share with you if you are in the space of feeling like you're too salesy. Do you have things that you want to do for yourself or for your business, but they always get put on the back burner? Do you want to share space with others getting stuff done? Well, join the High Vibe Coworking, which is every Wednesday from noon to noon EST via Zoom and totally free. Visit highvibe.com slash virtual to learn more. Welcome to High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, remove mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your high vibe desires. I'm your host, Rashawn Hargrave, and I have taken my background of education and my decade of working for a startup and turn it into High Vibe Masterminds. Every week, I share insights from myself and my guests to help you navigate the messy middle. One of my previous episodes that I got a lot of good feedback from was the sales episode, How to Sell High Vibe. And so I wanted to answer the question, which I hear often is, I think I'm being too salesy. How do I not be too salesy? I first want to reassure you that if you are asking yourself the question of how to make sure you're not being salesy enough, you're probably not. You know, it's kind of in the same vein of like, if you worry about being a good parent, then you're probably a good parent because people who aren't good parents don't worry about being good parents. Same thing with this. Like if you're worried about being too salesy, you're worried about your customer's journey, your ideal client's journey, which means you're probably not being too salesy. Thinking about, you know, whether you're creating your customer journey or thinking about your sales process, think about the last three things that you bought. I just bought this really cute new purse and thinking about the process in which I made that decision to buy it. Like, how did I hear about it? How many times did I go to their website? How many people did I talk to about it before I made that decision? And so there's a lot that goes into the decision-making process. And I will also share a statistic that you need to reach out to a client between seven and 10 times before you kind of move on from them as a prospect. Seven to 10 times. Unless you're doing that like all in one day, the answer is probably no, you're not being too salesy. (laughs) And I kind of talked about this in my last sales episode. Only between one and 10% of prospects move from one part of the funnel to the next. So there's going to be no's. There's going to be rejection. There are going to be people that don't move through. Most clients only move through the process if you help them through it, if they do hear from you, if you are top of mind. So you have to be top of mind for them to move through the funnel. So that is my first little part of the am I being too salesy question. <laughs> so if you're like, okay, Mershon, like I get it. You said no, but I still feel like I'm being too salesy. I want you to ask yourself these three questions. The first question is, how am I being of service to these people? Sometimes sales can feel like a very masculine energy space to be in. It is more assertive. It is more upfront. It is more proactive, which has a more masculine energy to it. As I said in my last episode, you do not have a business if you do not sell, so you can't totally avoid this energy. 
Can you do it in an authentic and an organic way? Absolutely. Do you still have to follow up? Do you still have to be proactive in selling? Yes. So when you're asking yourself during this process, how am I being of service to people? What is my end goal for the impact that I'm having on these people that I want to become my customers. You know, sometimes, especially early on in the process, it can be really hard to connect the end goal to the activity that you're currently doing. So if you're currently doing cold outreach, it's so far back in the process from when they actually become customers, it can feel hard to remember the end result that your clients are going to get, the end result that you're going to have with your clients. This is a great time to connect to your why. It's a great time to be like, why am I doing this? Why did I want to start this business? Why is this important to me? Why am I doing all these hard things? One of the things that I really like to do is I have a folder on my desktop. Anytime I'm like struggling or like, you know, just maybe I'm hearing no or I'm not like motivated to do the follow-up is I go into my wins folder on my desktop. In there are testimonials or feedback from my emails that I get or like wins that I have from my business that have been impactful on my clients. And it's a good way to remember why I'm doing the stuff that isn't as enjoyable like the email follow-ups or the cold outreach or even the maintenance of my CRM. So connecting to the why, connecting to the end goal is a great thing to do when you're in that space. So question number one is, how am I being of service to people? You know, one of my things is that I want people to make an income and an impact. And so how am I making an impact in doing these things? Question number two is a little more a little more in the masculine energy than that one. Question number two is, have they not engaged up until the 10th touch point or have they told me to stop contacting them? Yes or no? If you've reached out to them 10 separate times and that means like on LinkedIn, on email, on phone call, not like, oh, they're on my email list or they see my Instagram posts, you have made proactive efforts to connect with them 10 times and they haven't engaged, or they've said, stop contacting me. There's a really impactful quote around sales that the fortune is in the follow-up. A lot of times we motivate ourselves to, you know, oh, I have this hot new lead, or I found this person on Instagram, and I got their email address, and I'm going to reach out to them. And you do it once, maybe twice, not the third time, not the fourth time. And the number of clients that I have gotten, that other people have gotten on the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th touch is amazing because we're all so busy. We all have so much going on. Your business is not someone else's top of mind. And so you have to be very conscious of being out and visible so that people can say yes to you. You know, people have the ability to say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. And, you know, that's a valid emotion. That's a valid response. As I said before, um, only between 1% and 10% of people go through to the next part of the funnel. So a lot of people are going to fall off. They have to be the reason that they fall off, not because you didn't reach back out to them enough. So it's a little more confronting, as I said, than the last one. But can you honestly say that you reached out to them 10 times and they didn't engage? or they ask you to stop reaching out to them. 
Question number three, if you're worried about being too salesy, is if they aren't interested, if they do say no, if you do reach out to them and they're like, yeah, it's not for me, then what? Does the world explode? Do you fall into a pit of despair? Will everybody that's currently in your life dislike you or hate you or make fun of you? No. Someone said no. Okay. There's so many times where we do things out of fear, but when we actually play out what would happen, it's not that big of a deal. I promise. Being an entrepreneur is a very confronting experience. And part of the confronting experience is knowing that you're going to put yourself out there and people are going to say no. A lot of people are going to say no. A lot of people are going to ignore you and not get back to you. And that's okay. It's not the end of the world. You know, a bonus question that is kind of attached to this is something that I think I heard from my husband around teaching, or maybe it was my friend. Anyways, is what I'm saying to myself right now kind, helpful, or true? And if the answer is no to any of those, then it shouldn't be taking up space in your head. It's not paying rent, doesn't belong there if it's not kind, helpful, or true. And so those are the three questions I would ask myself. As I mentioned in the previous one, I like to do power hours um, where I'm either cold calling, cold outreaching, follow through, any of the activities that it takes to push people through the sales process and only do them in 60 minute increments, maybe two hours. And then you got to give yourself a break because it is a heightened state of emotion. Putting yourself out there vulnerably, vulnerably is not something you can do for eight hours a day. And so if you're struggling to push yourself into those actions, ask yourself those three questions. How am I being of service to these people? Connecting to the previous version of yourself that would have loved for someone like you to reach out about this incredible service or product that you have to offer connect with that person. Have I reached out to them 10 times and they haven't engaged or have they asked me not to contact them anymore? And question number three is if they're not interested after you reach out to them those 10 times, then what would happen? Will the world fall apart? Yeah. Hype woman Rowan is here. <laughs> if you're enjoying this episode, check out Healthy Illness Podcast with me, Kelly Marie, as we build healthy relationships while living with mental health conditions. I'm diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, although that's up for debate, generalized anxiety, and major depression. And even though I live with these mental health conditions, I have great relationships, I have a wonderful career, and it's my mission to help you do the same thing. So Join me for Healthy Illness Podcast, new episodes every Monday on the Jazz Cast Pros Network found on the podcast player you're listening to right now. Be the light. So these are some tips that I have to help your sales process move along because at the end of the day, we're all human. And so we need some help to do these things, like, like I said, that are not easy. And if they were easy, everyone would do them. Tip number one is automate. If you can automate, if you do automate, you can't talk yourself out of it. You, the machine will keep running even when those voices come into the back of your head. So I met with a woman last week who helps companies automate their LinkedIn messages. You literally turn on the campaign and it is running for you. So even while you're sleeping, even while you are having lunch, 
even when you are, you know, having a self-care day, even when you're down in the dumps or struggling or like questioning everything, it's running, it's doing it. And that feels really nice. It is some heavier work up front, maybe, you know, if you're thinking about the resources that you put into your business, time, energy, money, automation is going to take one or more of those, your time to set up and energy to set up ahead of time. It may take money if you want a paid resource. But if you think about the amount of energy that it takes to get yourself into and out of those cold calling processes, maybe it's worth it for you. Tip number two is reward yourself. Once you make those 10 outreach calls, set up a way to reward yourself. Because it may not seem like a big deal, but it's a really big deal. In the book, Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt, he talks about how the prospecting that you're doing today has an impact 90 days from now. So if your sales funnel is dry right now, you need to look back 90 days prior and see what activity was I not doing that is leading to this. It can be especially hard to reward yourself when you get rejected or don't hear anything. You're like, there was no outcome. Why would I reward myself? Because you did the activity, you did the hard work, you went for the run, you lifted the weight, you made the calls, you did the one thing that you have an impact on. You have no impact on whether someone else reaches back out to you or not. Zero. You only have control over what you do, what you put into the process, and you put your effort into the process. So yeah, reward yourself would be tip number two. Tip number three is set up a referral system. The way that I like to look at a lot of the sales processes that I have in place, I like to think about them as farming versus, you know, hunter-gatherer type of sales, which is like, what have you sold today? Um, Kind of going in and getting the sale that day. It's a pretty short sales process. Whereas farming is planting a seed and nurturing and watering and taking care of and harvesting fruit 30, 60, 90 days from now. And a referral system is is exactly that. The beautiful thing about a referral system when it gets up and going and is robust is that someone else is selling for you. When you're not selling, selling is still happening. Um, So one client I was recently working with does like wedding decor. Like if you have a vision for your wedding, she does all of the like setup and vendor connections and like you just have this thing in your head that you want it to come to fruition, but she takes all of the hard work out of it for you and lets you focus on the decisions that only you can make. And so we were talking about a referral system program of like, hey, you need to get, you can get your cards to hairstylists and makeup artists and vendors and go to like the wedding expo and look at all the other companies that have booths there and how can you set up a partnership with them? Because when someone is sitting down and planning for their wedding, that's a huge trust that you want to have in the vendor for your perfect day. And so if there is a florist who someone comes and says, hey, I want to buy flowers. Perfect. Do you have a vision for the day of your wedding? You kind of do. I know the person that you should talk to. And so there is an automatic trust built in because you're being referred by someone else and someone else is selling your business based on trust without you doing anything at that moment. Because it is a farming exercise, there is upfront work that you have to do. And so you have to build trust with that person. That's where I think that networking groups are amazing. BNI groups are amazing. Building out your community in whatever way that looks is 
really important. So that's tip number three is set up a referral system because this will, in the long game, help you sell without even selling. A referral system can also be within your own customer base. So it it may not even be like vendor to vendor. It could be, hey, I think that you really enjoyed this process that we just went through. I would love to give you a coupon code for you to give to someone else. I mean, you see this all the time. I see it every time I Instacart. It's, hey, here's a coupon code. Give it to someone and you both get 10% off. And again, it is creating an amazing customer experience and then allowing your customers to do the selling for you. So sometimes it is creating a vendor relationship and sometimes it's creating a customer relationship. The other tip I want to put in here is start to become curious about what sales looks like every day. I think until you are in the weeds of the process, you don't even realize how often you're being sold. Just like I mentioned, every time that I do an Instacart, at the end of every exchange, it's a, hey, refers to somebody. That is automated. That is selling. That is marketing. That's a referral program. And no one at HelloFresh is like, oh, was that too salesy? Was that too salesy of me to do? No. It's part of the process. You know, sales and marketing are multi-billion dollar industries. And when... Skims is setting up their Facebook ads or their Instagram ads, or they're paying someone thousands of dollars to try on their stuff. They're not like, oh, is this too salesy of me to do? No, it's part of the process. And I will end with this because sometimes this is what really helps me push through those sales fogs. No one can buy what you sell if they don't know it exists. No one can buy what you sell if they don't know it exists. You have to have a certain level of visibility into what you sell and what you do and the amazing work that you do. And so you have to put it out there. And that can feel scary. That can feel big. It can feel uncomfortable. Do it anyways. Thank you for listening to this episode of High Vibe Table Talks. I hope that it was beneficial. I know that sales is something that can feel hard, especially in the beginning, especially if we don't have any formal training, but you can do it. I truly believe that anybody who has a business and wants to get good at sales can get good at sales and can do it in a way that is authentic and organic to themselves. So if you want to work on your sales process, I do virtual co-working every Wednesday. I would love to have you join and spend some time on that co-working time focused on your sales process. Yeah, so join us every Wednesday from noon to 2 EST. The link will be in the show notes. If you like this podcast, High Vibe Table Talks, don't forget to subscribe. We will see you next week. And remember that big dreams and small steps will transform your life. Do you have things that you want to do for yourself or for your business, but they always get put on the back burner? Do you want to share space with others getting stuff done? Well, join the High Vibe Coworking, which is every Wednesday from noon to noon EST via Zoom and totally free. Visit highvibe.com slash virtual to learn more.